Live from the Interaction Media Studio in Morgantown, this is a special edition of Positively West Virginia and our daily COVID-19 business briefing. For those of you joining us live on Facebook, welcome and thanks for tuning in. And for those of you joining us on the podcast recording, thanks for joining us as well. We really appreciate you guys. Normally on this podcast, we interview West Virginia business leaders and share their success stories with you and thousands of others each week on iTunes, Spotify, and through our vast distribution network with WVNews.com. Since March 19th, we've been bringing you these daily special edition broadcasts, and we're focused specifically and intentionally around this basic question. What can West Virginia businesses do right now to navigate this current COVID-19 pandemic we're all facing? When we first started this podcast in 2017, our goal was to inspire and equip people in West Virginia with examples of real-life entrepreneurs and business leaders who've built their companies right here in West Virginia. We want to encourage people to start businesses here and stay here and keep West Virginia strong. And of course, you can learn more about our mission at PositivelyWV.com. Every weekday, we're going live with these business briefings to help business owners and leaders with practical ideas to use right now. Positively West Virginia is brought to you by Insurance Centers, The State Journal, WVNews.com, and Interaction Media. Today, I'm honored to have on the show today, David Goldberg, President and CEO of Mon Health. David is a highly regarded leader in the healthcare sector. The organization he leads, Mon Health, is an integrated network of hospitals, physician clinics, and outpatient centers that work together to make healthcare more accessible and affordable to residents of North Central West Virginia, Southwestern Pennsylvania, and Western Maryland. In West Virginia, some of his responsibilities include Mon Health Medical Center, a 189-bed general acute care hospital in Morgantown, Mon Health Preston Memorial, a 25-bed critical access hospital in Kingwood, West Virginia, and Mon Health Stonewall Jackson Hospital, a 70-bed hospital in Weston. David, thank you for being on the show today. Oh, thanks, Jim, for having me. It's a pleasure to be with you. Yeah, absolutely. First off, before we get started, David, how are you doing personally? How's your family doing? Oh, you're always so kind. I'm doing fine. It's a lot of plates on sticks as we manage uh, not only is it typically flu season and seasonal allergy season, mm. uh, but then you have COVID-19 and a little shout out to my baby girl who turned 16 today. So Yay. a little bittersweet. I'm not there with them. They're hunkered down, separated from me, so they don't catch anything, but yeah. uh, a love out to her for her birthday. Yeah, that's great. Happy birthday for sure, for sure. So David, uh, if you could just kind of take us, uh, you know, kind of like on a journey where you're on right now over the over the last several weeks. This has been a wild ride. None of us were really planning on any of this. And here we are in the midst of a, a pandemic crisis in West Virginia. What are some of the things you're seeing out there right now with regard to this COVID-19? Well, one, I want to give a shout out to the governor, uh, Secretary Crouch, um, Clay Marsh, and all the statewide leaders. Just today, uh, Senate President Carmichael held a small a meeting of a small group of business leaders, hospital leaders, to ask us what's going on. So it couldn't be more timely mm. uh, as he convened a group and you're convening me. You know, I'm privileged and blessed to have been in different areas of the country in healthcare. I've been in Virginia and Texas. Uh, and Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh area before coming here to, to Mon Health. Mm-hmm. And everyone um, is dealing with the issue a little differently based on population trends and the growth of the COVID spread. And uh, we, we did a lot of the right things as early as we could. Um, we reduced elective surgeries immediately. Mm. Um, we started watching this trend in January and February, and it really ramped up February then at the beginning of March. So we mm. have um, across the region, ask people who are not in need of immediate medical attention to 
to, to bend the curve by staying home. Mm. Um, use telemedicine and telephones to communicate with their doctors as they need. Wash their hands and social distance. Um, try to keep away from the ones we love a little bit more than usual um, so we can get this, this COVID bent and eradicated faster. And we're seeing the trends of escalation in, in West Virginia pick up slightly, um, which is to be expected with our more fragile population of, of a lot more uh, elderly and older populations. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember a week ago it was we expected the, the peak to be mid-April, and then it got pushed to beginning of May. And just now it's coming back and they're saying we expect around, around the 16th, the 18th of the month, yeah. just more of an uptend or the top of the curve uh, of most of the utilization uh, related to COVID. That's to be expected. We're very similar to Maine uh, in some respects. And I believe that's what we're going to see over the next week or week and a half. Um, but that doesn't mean um, we take our foot off the gas. It doesn't mean once the 16th comes or May 1st or May 4th. Um, we, we really have to watch the trend of how people are presenting. Um, but I want to assure everyone listening, um, your healthcare system in the state of West Virginia is strong. Uh, we have lots of ventilator capacity if that's what we need, mm. a lot of medical beds, um, wonderful staff who are taking care of themselves and their families and putting themselves on the front line to make sure every one of our friends and neighbors are well taken care of it now more than ever. Yeah, that's great. Great news. And thanks, thanks for that overview. I really appreciate you hearing that. I was looking at some of the population prediction, population health prediction models from the University of Washington. Their project is IHME. Uh, you're probably yep. looking at the same data and, and seeing that, um, the, the curve flattening, you know, we're talking about flattening the curve. It, it, it does appear that it's working and, and, my hat's off to you and, and others in West Virginia, especially on the front lines of this healthcare pandemic, where you guys are actually making a huge difference. And, and you mentioned Governor Justice and the whole idea of washing your hands, keeping your hands away from your face, you know, making sure that we're social distancing. That message is is pretty basic, but it's fundamental to keeping everybody safe. And I, I would just implore everybody uh, just to keep this going because I feel like we're we're, we're, we're making a difference here in West Virginia, but we still have a long way to go, and we still got to continue to, to uh, heed those warnings and heed those um, recommendations. And if I may add, I think it's important, you know, the weather's getting nicer, so people want to go outside and, you know, get some vitamin D. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a good thing, but keep your six to eight feet apart from people if you're running the trails or mm-hmm. going to the golf course or, you know, walking just out and about your dog or riding bicycles with your children. Um you know, we, you know, it's, it's hard to be cooped up in a home. There's a reason why we're doing it. And I just had this conversation with my daughter. Um, you know, she's a freshman in college. She chose poorly. She went to Ohio University instead of WVU. Uh, the only green I'll wear is Mon Health and Ohio University green. Um, I, I tongue in cheek. Um, but, but, you know, she's been sad that she can't see her boyfriend. And I said, honey, this is not vacation. This is not a time for you to have that extra time at home you wouldn't normally get because she's been there since the beginning of March for spring break and never went back. Mm. I said, he works in a grocery store. Don't you think he's exposed to a lot more mm. than, than you do at home? I, I'm in a hospital and healthcare and rounding across my facilities daily and weekly. I potentially am more exposed than you are who's at home. Mm. Don't don't risk yourself. Take yeah. the time. I'm not an alarmist by any means. Those who know me and you know me pretty well. Yeah. Um, it, it is about, it's a marathon. And I, you know, we're at mile 10 on a 26.2 mile race. Mm. Mm. Um, it means you got to have stamina. You got to be aware. You got to understand your surroundings. You have to pace yourself. 
Um, there are times you're going to surge a little bit. Okay. There will be times when you're going to slow down, but you're going to get to the end of the marathon. Yeah. Um, and we are, we as West Virginians are going to do that, but we've got to be responsible. Um, and, you know, go to the store when you need to, but don't overly go. Don't overly go out. We need to support our restaurants and some of our small businesses that are still open. But that doesn't mean, you know, go out every other day. It mm. means pace yourself. Yeah. Um, don't give you, don't risk yourself, but also don't risk the others around you. Yeah. Um, we okay. stood up testing labs. Um, I know West Virginia uh, Medicine, um, MON, um, CAMC, and a host of providers across the state working with the health departments who have been wonderful partners and leaders to make sure people who have signs or symptoms, they're swabbed, we test them right here at our hospitals yes. uh, and get the results back quickly. Well, go home when you're done being swabbed, go home and self-quarantine until you get your results. Yeah. Um, it's almost you, like assume that you're, that you're positive. Well, I wouldn't say, I, I think you'd be prudent, prudent until, yes. until proven otherwise. Yes, exactly, um, exactly. And, 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 and when you have a doubt, call the, the different hotlines or call your doctor. Yeah. Um, we all stood up telemedicine so people can have access to their doctors for routine medical visits, um, medicine um, to make sure you're getting, having your medical or medicine reconciliations, uh, chronic condition maintenance. Hmm. Um, but at the same time, the reason you're not having your screening colonoscopy right now is it can wait 30 days. Exactly. Uh, yep. and, and let's not risk exposure of yourself or if you are asymptomatic, how do we know that? And I'll give you a great example. Yes. In our hospital recently, we had a patient who presented who um, came in for surgery, asymptomatic, and that person had surgery, a major surgery. So it definitely was urgent emergent. But after that person had their surgery and left, uh, did we potentially think that that person could have been COVID positive? So did we expose our doctors, our mm -hmm. anesthesiologists, the registrars, the cleaning people? Luckily, she that person was negative. Um, but what if it would have been positive? They could have taken out dozens of staff in a swoop. Exactly. That would have had to self-monitor. And those are the, th the reasons why the governor and the federal government and, and others have said, if it doesn't immediately need to happen, um, if it's not immediately going to serve an issue that um, you're dealing with that can wait a little while, it's worth the wait. Yeah. David, I want to ask you, you mentioned telemedicine, and I feel like this is a situation over the last month or so, I've, I've been seeing a lot of innovation that's been unleashed. And some of that is, you know, the, the, the teleconferencing and, and Zoom meetings and all those kinds of things that are happening uh, on a very regular basis. People are adopting new technology platforms. Talk a little bit about telemedicine and, and how, you know, I, I'm really interested in, in how that's going to potentially be an innovation game changer for Mon Health uh, in the future. Well, first, telemedicine, I wish I could say we were the first out to do it. It's been out in different areas of the country for a while. And really, there's three different ways you use telemedicine. One is um, your retail issue. You're a mom or dad at home with young children, don't want to leave. And I just have a rash or I have a basic medical condition that I don't I have the question for. You can either use the retail sites that are out there, mm -hmm. or you have health systems like us and, and WVU Medicine and UPMC and Allegheny Health Network and CAMC and others that have them integrated into their medical record where you register for a visit, uh, a doctor or a, a advanced practice professional, a nurse practitioner or a physician's assistant get on with you either by phone or definitely by your iPhone or your iPad or other PDA. And you could talk directly face-to-face -face with that clinician to go over what your issue is. And if they immediately think it is urgent and you need emergency room 
um, or to see a doctor live, they refer you right in. Yeah. Um, but but it's it's something that helps bend the curve, but it's less expensive and timely. We um, stood ours up in five days, wow. where we have um, the majority of our doctors, from primary care to general surgeons, um, dermatologists, uh, urologists, psychiatrists, endocrinologists, everyologists you could find, <laughs> as a room. So you call right now exactly like it's a physician appointment. And they will set up an appointment with you and you enter, quote unquote, I'm air quoting, a room. And there's the doctor with the patient. They go through a normal course of treatment discussion about what their issues are. Um, Many of the most of the time, your initial visit should be in person. But today, because we're social distancing, a doctor will ascertain if it's appropriate to do that initial visit by video or if it needs to be in person. And of course, follow the clinical protocols. And then they visit with them, and then medicines can be ordered. Pictures of a, a rash or a bump or a bruise can be seen by the, the wonderful picturesque quality of your phone on the, the camera on your phone mm-hmm. or your device. Yeah. And then they follow up, and then it goes right into your medical record. So we could keep record of the conversation, what was shared, and it, the continuity of care is phenomenal. So it's a wonderful tool. I think we're going to use it more, and I think, to your point, post-COVID-19, most people who experienced it before might continue to use it, and we hope they will. Yeah, that's that's amazing, and I, I feel like this this is going to be a real opportunity for for people to uh, to innovate and and really unleash this whole concept of, of of innovation and you know technology and different ways of doing business, so to speak. Now, now David, I want to ask you something. You know, obviously, you're running. Three major hospitals in West Virginia. You also have Mon Health Equipment and Supplies in the uh, Village at Heritage Point as part part of your responsibility uh, under the Mon Health umbrella. What? How are your people holding up through all this? I mean, you well, I, people on the front lines and everything. I'm really you know concerned for those folks. And can you give us an assessment how sure. how they're holding up? Well, first of all, we have the best people around. Um, we have generations. We have generations of people here who. Um, not only worked with us or volunteers. I have a, a volunteer who's in her 90s. Her daughter is a clinical manager on our family birth center, and her granddaughter uh, and great granddaughter work for us. One in our one of our offices, and one in the pharmacy. That's we awesome. have generations of people yeah. here, so the people are holding up. I mean, there's anxiety. Um, there's people who are interacting with people that may or may not have COVID that gets them worried. Um, then, am I bringing it home? Um, and then, what is it doing to me? Um, and, you know, I mentioned a couple moments ago, you know, we've reduced our elective surgeries. Mm-hmm. One of the um, assets that we have that we didn't talk about yet is we have an ambulatory surgery center in partnership with some of our orthopedists at Mountain State Orthopedics mm-hmm. and Dr. Bill Post and mm-hmm. Dr. Tom McClellan. Mm-hmm. They can't do any surgery there. So they've dried up their revenue coming in for elective joints and, and plastic surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so the anxiety is high. Um, we at MON... Um, are used to having enough what we call flex our staff. So when we don't have volume, um, we, we encourage people to use their paid vacation or paid time off uh, to flex to volumes. Well, I'm used to having 70% occupancy at Mount Health Medical Center or 50, 60% occupancy at Stonewall Jackson Memorial or Preston. Well, mm-hmm. right, blended, 
Um, my 500 beds, when you count Grafton City Hospital, which is an affiliate of us now, yeah. so four yeah. hospitals in our system, yeah. well, we're filling maybe 70 to 90 beds a day out of 500. Yeah. So when you add that, that that's 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 a significant revenue decrease. Yeah. 55% of our revenues right now are not being seen in this fee-for-service world we know as healthcare. That That is a concern, but I want your listeners to know, our staff um, that are listening to know, we're here with you. Um, we're encouraging people to use the time they have in their vacation banks. Um, we're helping people who are in serious situations paycheck to paycheck. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're gauging how we can cut expenses that are not patient-facing consultants and other contractual obligations to defer some of those costs so we can keep revenue coming in to continue to pay our people. I want the people of North Central West Virginia to know we are blessed with decades of support from this community and good stewardship of our resources. So we have great reserves in place to weather the storm. That's why you have a bank account is, you know, I'm, uh, it's like a trust fund, baby. You don't spend the principal. I'm um, use the income interest, but when you do, you have it. Well, we do. Yeah. Um, so my job is to keep people calm, balance all those plates on sticks. I'm blessed with the best management team, the best group of physicians, the best colleagues, who are not only putting themselves in harm's way, but they're also being good stewards of our resources to make sure we're not only here for today and tomorrow, but for the next generation of healthcare workers who will use us uh, and the community who will continue to use Mon uh, for their provider of care of, yeah, of choice. Absolutely. That's a great, great leadership message. Uh, and our, of course, our thoughts and prayers are with those folks that are on the front lines and just uh, we just pray for their safety and uh, and strength during this time. And and David, you know, one of the things that uh, it's kind of funny, you, you, you kind of talked about the storm and I've been using that analogy quite a bit of yeah, as leaders. Um, our, our job is to keep our companies uh, I'm talking with all these different business owners and people are, you know, around the state leaders. Our job is to keep the, 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 sh- the boat not only floating, but sail it into the calm waters, because I feel like once we get to the calm waters, there's going to be a lot of opportunity out there. So from your perspective as a, as a leader of a you know, major health system in West Virginia, what are some of the key takeaways that you're, that you're kind of understanding maybe a little bit more than you did before this whole thing uh, uh, came about? Well, you can. T- I think someone asked me previously, how do you prepare for something like this? You know, healthcare, we're first responders. You know, we have Mon EMS that's part of our family in mm-hmm. partnership with WVU Medicine. Yeah. Um, but we drill and test and, and prepare for building failures, system failures, uh, major catastrophes. But, you know, a, a, a pandemic like this is not something you really prepare for. So what I would say is what we learned is you got to move your policies, procedures up a notch regularly mm-hmm. to understand and be prepared. Um, in this particular case, um, you know, supply chain is one of the biggest issues. We're blessed to have had a really great supply of masks and gowns and gloves, food and, and such. But then you have people like Mylan and then you have people like Phil from Daniels who make masks and donate supplies. We have restaurants here who don't want us to deplete our food for patients and they're donating food, whether it be Chick-fil-A in the area or Pizza Owls. Um, the outpouring of people has been unbelievable to see that while they're dealing with their own businesses and laying off or furloughing people, they're coming out front mm. and center for the first responders. Yeah. We own the village of Heritage Point, which is our active adult community. And you know what we do in the hospital doesn't always translate to a, a, an independent living facility like, like that. Right. But then it's, you know, 
you got to stop the beauticians from coming in because we don't want us to spread disease or a risk of spreading disease to the residents there. A postal service have to screen before they come in because they are effectively separate apartments. So it, it, I joke with my children when they were little and they said, Dad, what's your job? What do you do? And I joked one time and I said, I'm really like the principal of your school. <laughs> I mean, I have, to, I have to look at the curriculum and I have to understand that all the kids are learning in the same way. Well, now I joked I'm like a mini mayor because we have security forces and we have cleaning forces and finance forces. There isn't an aspect in health systems that we don't touch that isn't like a municipality or a governmental you know, agency. So part of it is making sure you got the cash flows right. You have to make sure that you have access points right. You have to make sure the cleaning mm-hmm. and the supply chain, it's all the same. And you could have someone on from any business and it's probably um, very similar. Mm-hmm. So that that's something I learned. The other is, um, you know, I, I live right here in town and I watch the streets. And it's funny at night because I don't sleep much anyway, but then you add COVID to, to mm-hmm. kind of the stresses. And you look and you see, we really are really bending the curve. People are listening in their own way. You don't see as many people on the streets. You don't yeah. see as many people out and about. Yeah. That's, that's a good thing. And then the last thing is let's not over-exaggerate or over-inflame a situation. We don't need gouging and hoarding, yes. um, which impacts. And I have staff who were wearing two and three gowns and wearing two or three masks. Well, two or three of everything isn't going to prevent anything more than one and one. So let's, let's be reasonable and careful. Um, and then the last thing is if you have a doubt and you don't feel well, and what, like I led off this session with, it's flu season and I'm a seasonal allergy kind of guy. Well, I have a stuffed nose. I have a sore throat. Does it mean I have COVID? No, but I have allergies. I know my body. Mm-hmm. But I also talk to my doctors and I have my temperature t- taken every day to self-monitor myself because I don't want to get sick, but I sure as heck don't want to spread it to anyone else. Yeah. So it's those types of things that we just have to be cognizant of. Yeah, that's good stuff. Once again, our guest today is David Goldberg. David is the president and CEO of Mon Health in Morgantown. They've got hospitals in Morgantown, Kingwood, and down in Weston, West Virginia as well, a bunch of other different responsibilities he has as well. David, you know, thinking about all this stuff, I mean, it's it's just an amazing uh, position that you're in. I mean, you've got a lot of pressure on you. Uh, it seems like uh, from the the public's perspective and what I'm hearing out there that you're doing an amazing job of, of leading the ship there at Mon Health. Talk about maybe a, uh, a, a positive story that you've seen, uh, it, it, you know, coming out of all this, but something that may, well, may be like insider baseball, so to speak. So, so I'll give you a lot. I have a lot of them in four. We're in what our third or fourth week. Yeah, I've lost track. Yeah, yep. So when, when the unfortunate situation about Sundale came up, I'll give you two of them. Yeah, yeah. So when we found out that we had some patients at Mon Health Medical Center that that, um, had exposure and were being ruled out, uh, and they ended up being positive from Sundale. Um, working with Albert Wright's team at WVU Medicine and working with Clay Marsh and Ron Pellegrino and Dr. Steve Hoffman, um, we stood up and with the National Guard at that fateful Sunday night where we found out the National Guard was going to come in and help with testing, not only did Monolith Medical Center and WVU Medicine Ruby stand up with swabs, but so did MedExpress. So three large healthcare leaders came together, mm. took these swabs together, gave them to the, um, the National Guard. They, they facilitated the testing. Then day two came, and they needed more swabs. So the first 56 that were tested, then we tested another 75. Everyone stepped up again and did the same thing. 
You know, so while people say there's a competitive nature in healthcare, and some of it is, but one, it's collaborative, it's mm. congenial. But here's where we came together to do the right thing. Mm. The other thing I'll share is, you know, when Sundale first hit and a lot of people were questioning them, and um, I would say there were some responses as I read the paper that weren't as overly nice to these poor first-line first defenders right. of their residents. Um, I had nurses here at Mont Health Medical Center who on their own cooked meals and brought it over to the staff and the residents on their own. Wow. I mean, that, that's the tenderness that's amazing. That, yep. that I'm hearing. And I mentioned Phil from um, Daniels mm -hmm. called me up and he said, I have my tailors. He made me bushels of masks. Then our volunteers took it and they made bushels and bushels of masks with the the, uh, the guard in between to make them a little bit more um, uh, appropriate for infectious disease. I mean, that was remarkable to me. And then um, uh, one of our board members, Glenn Adrian, called me and a colleague of his has a small business that started uh, producing masks, the face masks. Mm. Um, and he's giving us samples and wants to help and donate to, to them. But I think one of the most special moments was um, we have a group of doctors here at MOM that are very entrepreneurial, Dr. Tom McClellan in particular with Inter, uh, Intermit, I think it's Interlabs is what it's called. Mm -hmm. But he and a group of people developed a thing called a V-splitter. Yep. And what that V-splitter did, and it's gotten some national news, is double the capacity of ventilators. So what it does is it attaches to the ventilator and it makes one ventilator good to help two people. Well, not only did they develop it, um, they did it out of their own pocket. Our Mon Health Medical Center Foundation uh, donated $5,000. So we're co-owners or co-developers. And uh, they collaborated with providers in California, hmm. an anesthesiologist at the Hospital for Special Surgery in New York. They made them and they sent uh, up to New York to help with their issue. Yeah, so here's West incredible. Virginia on the national stage being able to help with capacity, but it's all from the individual people. That doesn't happen by accident. And since I got here uh, about 18 months ago, I've said you could feel the difference at Mon. Yeah. Well, it, we're living it every day. Exactly. Exactly. Last week we had uh, Ashok Agarwal yes. uh, with MS Consulting on talking about the V splitter. So that was pretty cool. And uh, one of our strongest partners and collaborators. Yeah, is, that's and, awesome. And Michael Green and Matt yeah. Harbaugh with Mountain yeah. State Capital, the Venture that's, Capital Group. Yeah, I mean, just stuff. been wonderful. You know, I, I can't help but think, and, and I, Dr. Clay Marsh mentioned this last week as well is that when we come out of this west virginia is going to be really poised to make a giant difference in america i believe this honestly because you know it, it, and especially if we can keep these trends going where we're not going to be as adversely uh hit hard hit as some of these other states around and these bigger communities plus we just have a an awesome group of people that love to collaborate just like you just talked about and you know i I can't help but think I've been on this um, mission over the last three weeks. I keep saying, assess what you have and help people. And I think that's exactly what you're talking about, assessing what you had there when you helped the National Guard. And Sundale, for those of you, if you guys don't know, is a uh, nursing home here in Montegalia County that was hit particularly hard a couple of weeks ago with uh, several uh, cases of positive COVID-19. Uh, David, uh, First of all, as we wrap up our time here today, what's the best way for people to learn more about Mon Health, maybe learn more about you and, and even perhaps get in touch with you? What's the best way for folks to do that? So, so first of all, my phone number is 304-598-1888. That's our executive office number or monhealth.com. 
Um, you can on our website, and I probably butchered the web, um, but you can always Google us there. The other, the other thing I would always say is the best thing you can do is just heed the great advice that's coming down from our clinicians and our governmental leaders. Um, I'm looking out my window right now, and I could see Ruby, the football stadium, uh, Stone Rise, and Sundale. All of which are in an eyesight, and you know these people on um, deserve our recognition. I mean, not me, um, but definitely the nurses, the doctors, the housekeepers, the people who deliver supplies uh, into the buildings, and of course to patient care. Yeah. Um, I understand April the eighth, um, there's going to be um, a statewide opportunity to try to recognize at eight p.m. our healthcare workers. They not only deserve our applause, but they they deserve when we're allowed to hugs and appreciation. Um, because they are putting themselves first and sacrificing their families themselves for, for the betterment of our friends, neighbors, and family in the community. So could not be more proud to be a part of West Virginia mm. medicine uh, in our wonderful state, um, to see our people demonstrate and perform every moment of every day. Um, we are pr privileged and blessed um, to be uh, in North Central West Virginia in particular in the whole state where we are making a difference each and every day and we're bending the curve and we're taking care of our people. We're reducing the threat, but we're also managing expectations and being timely in how we manage their, their issues, whether it be COVID or non-COVID related. And lastly, to those who procedures were pushed off a little bit, talk to your doctor. Mm. If your doctor believes it needs to be done sooner clinically to make sure you're okay, they will do it. But if it needs to wait a little while for your screening mammography, your screening colonoscopy, or your elective joint, or your, you're getting your eyes done, um, whatever plastic surgery you need, let it go a little while. Why risk yourself or a, care, or a caregiver uh, to get something that doesn't need to be given at this point, which is COVID? Yeah. David Goldberg, I can uh, just say thank you for sharing this incredibly valuable information and some real insight as to what you're dealing with and your team of uh, great healthcare providers around the state of West Virginia, and you're doing an amazing job. And I can just say that we're very fortunate to have a leader like you in this time. I really appreciate you. I appreciate you. You're real humble. I just have a great team and great people. I, I can call my colleagues each and every day, and that's my health colleagues. That's awesome. That's awesome. Folks, that's it for today's Positively West Virginia Daily COVID-19 Business Briefing. My hope is that we brought you some real valuable insight that you could use in your business as we all work to navigate this COVID-19 situation. I want to take a moment to thank some of our sponsors for Positively West Virginia, and they are the Insurance Centers, the State Journal, WVNews.com and Interaction Media will be coming to you live every weekday as this pandemic continues with these special edition briefings. On behalf of our entire Positively West Virginia team, I'm your host, Jim Matuga. Stay safe, stay healthy, and stay positive, West Virginia.